You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Time to lock and load. Time to get control. Time to search for soul and start again. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. We are joined by the absolutely phenomenal recurring guest, might as well be the third honorary host of Locked On Bucks, but it's been a while since we've talked to her. We had to bring her back, the one and only Carmen Vitali. Carmen, how are you doing? Wow, that was that was something. Thank you for that introduction. I'm wonderful. How are you? Oh, we are fantastic. We are living in a world where Bruce Arians <laughs> is the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh it really doesn't get much sweeter than that. It's isn't it kind of incredible? Yeah, it's it's David and I have have said that it's arguably the most exciting hire in the history of the franchise. You can you can <laughs> say that it was John McKay. Um, because of the the pedigree that he had coming from USC and being the first coach in team history, you can say that it was John Gruden, but John Gruden wasn't hired so much as he was traded for. And obviously, by going back, to- technically Bruce Arians was also traded for. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that yeah. is that is true. <laughs> um, but yeah, you go back and you look at some of these these past hires. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there was some buzz around uh, Sam Weish. He had he had been to a Super Bowl, and then a lot of people were excited about Dirk Cutter. And nothing against Dirk personally. I wish him uh, success as long as it's not against Tampa Bay, since he'll be facing them twice a year. But <laughs> you know, we've we've covered this Bruce Arians thing from a bazillion different angles at this point and so now the question that we can ask you that we can't ask anyone else we saw the video of him walking in the building with his lovely wife and and being mm-hmm. greeted by everyone there applause you know cheers bruce chant you've been you've been in the building now for a little while it's been about a, a, mm-hmm. about a week what's the energy like i mean what is is there like a buzz around the building just that he's brought just by being the guy now? A hundred percent. And I think a lot of it has to do with um, his willingness to kind of um, embrace the spotlight in a lot of ways. I think he's very good at, um, like he was, he was really, he's just very good at connecting with people. And I think that you'll hear that more and more. Um, and I think that you can hear that from anybody that knows him. Um, and he's good at connecting with people, even from afar. So like we had him, I mean, his first couple of days in like the office, I can't imagine doing everything that he did because it was media. It was, but then he was pulled into like doing our internal stuff with, you know, recording messages for our season pass members. And like, you know, we just, there's a, we, we just wrote a letter, you know, or he wrote a letter, you know, to them, you know, as the season tickets are becoming available for on sale. And he was involved in that whole process and it was like, and he's more than like kind of willing to do the, all of that kind of stuff. Um, which is, you, it, it's kind of a toss up when you get a new guy, if, if they embrace, you know, the whole community and they embrace, embrace the fan base and, and embrace their role as, you know, the front runner or the, you know, the guy in the spotlight for all of that. So he has been really awesome in all of that. And I mean, you look at his press conference and then like, 
I mean, not to speak badly about any other team, but then you like you compare his press conference to like the Jets. <laughs> and, oh. the <laughs> and it's just like it's just too different. And not to say that I mean there's a lot of guys that are very good football coaches that are just not they don't want to deal with that kind of stuff. And I ha- and I really don't blame them a lot of the time. Um, but you have, you, it, he just has an undeniable charisma about him and he can connect with hundreds of people in a room or he can connect with you like one-on-one. So I think everyone gets really excited about that because that just kind of feeds into the energy around the building. It's really awesome to watch. I remember, uh, even back in Arizona, I remember watching him and just the, the way he kind of comes across to me is that he's a guy and everybody, everybody knows. And I mean, by now, if you're a Bucks fan and you didn't know about Bruce Arians, hopefully you've caught up, um, <laughs> he's a guy who really is just literally the the epitome of what it means to grind it out. Like he is fought oh, yeah. and clawed for every single thing that he's gotten in his career and his life. And he's he's a very he seems like a very humble person, but he's also not afraid to enjoy his success because he's earned it. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, it also doesn't make him, you know, arrogant, whatever you want to call it. Um it just it's it's kind of a balance and a combination that you just you really don't see out of a lot of people. Uh, so it's pretty refreshing. Yeah, it is. And, you know, if you like, you know, his story and you know how long it took and you, you can just tell that he's himself, you know, like he's not, he's very unapologetically himself. And that's really awesome that, you know, he's earned this pedigree though. He's earned with all of the people that he's worked with and all of the connections he has. It's like, he can go into a, like into a job interview and say, listen, I'm going to do things this way. And I'm going to do things this way. And this is how, you know, otherwise I'm not going to do it. And people are like, yeah, all right, cool. Like do it like do you BA. And then, and, and yeah. he, he's earned that because he's, he's proven that it works time and time again. And so I think, I mean, I know all this stuff came out about Antonio Brown, but I think you'd be hard pressed <laughs> to find any player that didn't like him um, or doesn't yeah. like, like him or doesn't have a good uh, relationship with him to this day. And um, his coaching staff is proof of that. Right. I mean, like it, it seems like every single day, there's an, I, I find myself getting a notification about a, another coach being hired, and I just wonder how they're going to find room uh, for all these coaches. Like, who, who, where's everybody going to work? You got to build an extension I, on the I, building, but it's just, you know, it, yeah. it's all happening so fast. It just really shows you that it just, it seems like inside the building, it really is. It, it's like Bruce Arians came in and said, "Hey, I've got a way that I want to do this and go about it, and I know we can be successful if you let me do it." And that uh, everybody from the top all the way to, to BA is like, yeah, br- yeah, brother, go do what you need to do. Yeah. Where, we, where do we send the checks? Like, verbatim. Yeah, brother. He says brother a lot. Um, yeah. from, I read his book, uh, the quarterback whisperer, and mm-hmm. he says that a lot. So, and Hulk Hogan is a huge Bucks fan. So I'm wondering <laughs> if they know each other yeah. or if they don't, I need to be there when they meet because it's going to be a whole lot of brothers and I can't Make wait. Brother for <laughs> Hulk Hogan in a Kangol hat. That needs to happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Has the the office Kangol hat um, percentage increased in the last week of of people (laughs) wearing it outside of Bruce? Um, So we had on sale, we had one Kangol hat in our store prior to BA getting here. And once we made the announcement or like it was, pretty well known that we were hiring him uh it pretty much sold out like the only size i think left like after a day was like a medium i'm, I'm not even mm-hmm. a medium head so um 
I I think that there are absolutely um, like more Kangles are in the works as far as what's going to end up in our store and stuff like that. I think that obviously there has to be a red one that has a Bucks flag on it. Um, but I uh, I really want to find out how many he has personally, and I think I, like I'm going to get to sit down with him at, at at some point in the next week or so, um, and that will be one of the questions. <laughs> I won't be asking him is how many do you own and do certain ones go with certain outfits? Although he never wears the same thing twice. So who knows? I, I did look at that one that was available and and there was only a medium available at the time. And I looked at the size chart and I realized even a medium was too large for me. And I yeah. was a little offended that, that I wasn't going to be able to get the official Buccaneers new era <laughs> Kangol hat. And so I just had to order a red actual kangle hat actual kangle hat yeah yep but don't worry i'm sure um in the very near future there will be some more options as far as kangle hats go i mean if (laughs) if you want to send some to a couple of your favorite podcasters i i don't think they would turn them down right okay (laughs) i will i will be on the lookout for when they go on sale i don't know how i look in a kangle hat i need to i need to figure that out I just feel like I'm going to look like I'm going on a golf course, but we'll see. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad thing. Like Seinfeld. Uh, Not that that's wrong. That's no, a bad no, thing. No. <laughs> Uh, I know we have a a couple of voicemails. People called in to ask you questions specifically. But before we get to that, I do have a question regarding something that was on NFL.com today where Greg Rosenthal has listed his his top 25 free agents. Left off of that list was Quan Alexander. Do you feel like Quan Alexander is a you know one of the top 25 free agents? heading into this off season, or do you think maybe he was left off the list more so due to the uncertainty surrounding his injury? I have to think that that's what it was because I mean, a healthy Quan Alexander is absolutely top 25, if not top 10, if not top five, um, as far as free agents go. So, you know, he brings more than like his physical ability, which is incredible. I mean, he brings an energy to the team and he brings energy to a defense. Um, and, you know, being in that middle linebacker spot, I mean, that is at the center, the dead center of the defense. And so to have a guy like that with that kind of energy, um, you know, it's, it's so paramount and it's, it's such an intangible that it was so unfortunate when he went down. I mean, you really like, I don't necessarily want to compare it to somebody dying, but like, I mean, the room was just so heavy after that and after he got injured and, I mean, you know, you could see it in his teammates. They're outpouring of support on social media and they can, the continued support. Um, you know, he posted a video of him working out in our facility mm-hmm. the other day. And I think like multiple of his teammates, multiple of, of our players like retweeted it. We're commenting on it. Like, you know, they just, they love him so much. And he's just one of those guys that has, you know, that it factor that, you know, even when he does, you know, overshoot plays or, or, you know, maybe isn't lined up where he should be all, all, all the time. It's like he makes up for it so much um, in his, you know, his energy. And then he's always willing to work. I mean, I, he's he's been one of the ones that I've seen more often than not in our office uh, or like during this offseason. Granted, you know, he's in rehab, but he's he's in the building. He's been in the building and he just wants to be around the guys um, as much as possible. Even towards the end of the season, he was always in and out. So. 
he's working and I really don't see foresee any, you know, I think that he'll come back better than ever. So that's my opinion. <laughs> good. Good. That's, that's something that we, uh, that we wanted to hear because yeah, we're, we're looking forward to a big bounce back from Quan that I think is devastating as that injury was for his, for his teammates and, and, you know, all of his brothers and, uh, you know, that, that family that they had on defense, I, I can't imagine there was anybody more heartbroken than Quan himself. No, no, absolutely not. And like, he's, you really don't ever <clears throat> see him not smile. Um, and he's like, he always really does like, even just around the building, walking down the hall, he's so happy. And, you know, you can just tell that I think now that he's, gotten to start doing some you know significant rehab where he's back in the gym he's back lifting weights he's back doing that kind of stuff um he's felt a little bit lighter um because you know when you go through that and you you can't do anything for the first you know i mean you you start rehab right away but when you're like just working on lifting up your leg you know it's really it can get really discouraging like oh my god you know how my life has changed i was you know in the middle of you know a football game you know, at the top of my game and playing better than I had, you know, probably in his, he was, you know, he was playing really well before he went down. And now like his goal for the day was to lift his leg up. You know what I mean? Like that's just such a contrast and it can really wear on you. So I think that now that he's kind of getting into things, his, his mood has lifted and um, he's working hard. All right. Well, David, why don't we go ahead and fire up a couple of these voicemails uh, since the, the people have spoken, and they don't want to speak to us anymore. They want to speak to Carmen. That's all. Right. Hey, how's it going? This is RJ from New York. I got a question for uh, Carmen. What's the best uh, best thing about working for the Bucks uh, right now? And do you think Gerald McCoy will be back in 2019? Thanks. Go Bucks! <laughs> wow, um, that's all from New York, all the way from New York. Um, I'll, I'll, I think I'll probably tackle the Gerald. Like, not that I could ever tackle Gerald, um, but I'll tackle that question first. Um, I really think that, you know, of all the times I've spoken to him um, and I've gotten to sit down with him and get, you know, kind of in depth with him about his experience here, I have to imagine that he still has that unfinished business feeling um, and that he's kind of, in certain ways, paid his dues here. You know, he's done all the work and he wants to be there when, you know, things do look up and things do go right. And, you know, he wants to be in the postseason with the Bucks. He's put the work in with the Bucks. Um, so I would, like, from the type of person that I've gotten to know um, with him, he wants to finish what he started. Um, I, again, though, there's a lot to this business that is completely out of, you know, even your own control. So um, I think that he wants to be back and I think that he's going to do everything he can be to be back. Um, he was more, he was very excited to meet Coach Arians. Um, it was with his first day in the building, Coach Arians' first day in the building and he just happened to be walking by and Gerald was working out and uh, Bruce was going into the into a doorway and all of a sudden it was just, hey coach! And it was Gerald that, you know, he turned around and they hugged it out um, you know, I think he's excited just like everybody else in the building. So I think that he wants to finish what he started. Um, and then as far as the best thing about working for the Bucks right now, um, it's really great in a lot of ways to have all this excitement around the building just because of the fact that this is the off season, um, for us, but it's not the off season for the league. So, you know, there's 
teams that are still playing right now. And so there's kind of this like dead space where you kind of try and find content. Um, and we are at no shortage of that. And I personally have been a fan of Bruce Arians for years. And ever since I saw the All or Nothing um, in 2015, for the 2015 season of the Cardinals, Mm-hmm. and like have been a big big fan of his so to actually know that he's our head coach and to like see him in the place that I work passing him in the hall it's a little surreal so that's personally just really exciting for me right now yeah I think a lot of people you know outside of Cardinals fandom became a fan of him from that show it's such a, a wonderfully done show um mm-hmm. and that was that was really my first big exposure to him I I was pulling for him real hard with the Colts when he was the interim head coach there because yeah. you know you felt for Chuck Pagano and they have this young quarterback and Andrew Luck and and all of a sudden they just started they started rolling a lot like they did this season under Frank Reich and so you were kind of pulling for this guy who's out there you know coaching his butt off to to help his buddy who's who's fighting to, to live. And so it was just a wonderful story. And then to follow him over to Arizona and then get that inside look is just, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. I have to like, I mean, that was, I have to say that that whole situation was obviously where I knew of him. Cause I didn't <laughs> really realize that he was the coordinator of the Steelers and all that kind of stuff, like, you know, had been in NFL prior to that. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, that whole story, I think it took the entire sports world, you know, just by storm. So, and the fact that he was the first interim head coach to win AP Coach of the Year, and so deservedly. I do remember that story of him, because he's, he's told it a couple of times now, but um, of him wanting to leave the light on for Chuck. Oh, and yeah. Not, you know, he's going to be the one. Like, I remember hearing that, that, you know, at the time, and I was just like, oh, my God. But then, <laughs> yeah, but to get to see his personality on that show on all or nothing and to see how he runs things that just, I mean, that made me a fan of of him as a coach. I was already a fan of him as a person, but as a coach, I was like, I love this. Whatever this is that you have. It's great. Yeah. It's man. It's just so exciting. Like I, I don't, (laughs) we've had some listeners and there's been some people on Twitter like, Oh, I'm not getting my hopes up until whatever, man, my hopes are up. I'm, I'm, I'm so ready. I just, I want to see it happen. <laughs> I want to see what's going to, what's going to happen. It's it's great. Yeah. Football too. season yet? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is my time of year. Like Carmen, I don't know if you know like the the the, the prospects and the scouting combines, the Shrine Game, uh the Senior mm-hmm. Bowl. Like I told you before recorded, like I like you've been tweeting from the Shrine Game practices and like I want to talk about the Shrine Game, <laughs> but I don't think like Bucks fan like our listeners would be like Where's the Bruce Arians talk? So obviously we have to cover that angle. <laughs> and it's yeah. exciting. No, and I, mean, it's I like, I like, I nerd out over it. I was, I actually just told a friend of mine, um, cause I, I said that I was at the Shrine game practices today and I'm just like, I just love being at football practice. I just love it. Mm-hmm. Like the sounds and you know, the coaches getting all, you know, and you get to see so many different coaches now, like, you know, in these kind of games, cause it's different staffs and stuff like that. Um, and Mike right. Zimmer was actually there today. Which is I like all of a sudden I found myself standing behind Mike Zimmer and I was like oh 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 hi <laughs> like because like one of, you know his some of his staff is leading uh, one of the teams so it was that was funny nice. um, but I just like the sounds and and hearing and seeing these kids you know I, like it just they're just playing their heart out already for oh, all yeah. these practices you know you see all these scouts on the sidelines it's such a surreal experience I'm sure for these guys so. 
it's fun. Yeah. It's really fun. But oh, yeah, you're definitely. right. People don't really want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's like the only, like the only thing I think that could, could make me want to just fast forward through the draft season is seeing what, what BA is going to put on the field uh, with the Buccaneers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And credit to you. I'm actually, I hit up our editor at the site because you sent out a tweet about a Syracuse wide receiver uh, talking about, you know, Mike Evans and, and kind of how he, uh, what he modeled himself after Mike or tries to uh, emulate Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to see if I can't get down to uh, Syracuse pro day and, you know, do a little, do a little in-person stuff with him. Um, I want to see it in person if, if possible. And we'll see, see what, mm-hmm. how, what, what happens. Hello, this is Kara from Michigan. I have a question for Carmen. I frequently hear horror stories about women working in sports, mainly that they get harassed and that their readers don't fully respect their opinions of what they're writing. Have you had any bad experiences thus far in your career? Also, if you could play any position on the field, what would it be? Thank you. Um, yeah, I guess I'll do I'll do the second one first because that's the fun one. Um, although the, the, the first question is a very good question, and I'm, I, wanna, I would want to answer that for sure. Um, but I have, I've always, I think I'm trying to think of what age I was when I realized, when I was like, I would play that position. Cause I've known this for a while now, probably, I was probably like 12 or 13. Um, but I was a huge, so I grew up Bears fan and I was a huge Brian Urlacher fan, but I was more than Brian Urlacher. I loved Lance Briggs. So like, and Chicago has been known for their linebackers for decades, um, their defense. So I would absolutely be. A linebacker. I love um, the fact that you know I'd probably be a middle linebacker because I'd want to captain the defense um, in nice. a lot of ways and get those calls and be in the center of it all. Like I was just talking about Quan, you know, you're in the center, mm-hmm. you're in the dead center of the defense. So you have to know what's going on up front, what's going on behind you, um, and I mean, you can do it all as a, as a linebacker. You can you can blitz, you can and get and get to the quarterback. You can drop back into coverage and make those open field tackles of you know of the receivers, um, plug up you know holes for running backs and all that kind of stuff. So I would 100% be a linebacker um, if I were to play. <laughs> but I've tried playing flag football for the record, and that didn't end well. That ended with a torn ACL <laughs> on my part. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was that was two thousand seventeen. So, so when I was talking, talking about Quan, like how you you just like you can't believe that your goal for the day is to get your leg up. I've been there. It's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but as far as being a woman working in sports, um, I think that you know it's important to kind of address this this stuff because at the end of the day, I've been really really lucky um, with all of the people that I've been able to work with and work for. Um, I had an issue, I've had to have, I've had issues um, when I was like interning um, because, and I, I don't necessarily know that it's, it's gender specific. I think that everybody kind of try to feel out interns for, you know, what you, you don't necessarily trust them right off the bat for, you know, being in it for the right reasons or, or any of that kind of stuff. Um, and the reality of it is, is there's some stuff that goes on behind the scenes that kind of backs you into a corner as a woman. Um, and it's, I, I just remember one time, and I'll get, I'll give this example. Um, I was interning for a professional hockey team and I had a boss that basically just decided that I wasn't there for the right reason, um, for whatever reason. And I think it probably had something to do. There was a coworker of mine. She used to wear really short dresses and really kind of stuff. And I, I tried to not be like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that he just kind of had his mind made up about the both of us. 
collectively guilty by association. So um, my favorite hockey team was coming into town. And if you know anything about me, you can probably figure out what these, who these teams are. Um, but my favorite hockey team was coming into town. And I was a PR intern, so it was my job to get quotes. Um, and I was like, hey, can I do visitor quotes? I really want to do visitor quotes. It would mean a lot to me to do visitor quotes. Um, and so my boss looks at me and goes, well, you can't talk to the players. And I'm like, I'm not trying to talk to the players. He's like, well, you can't, like, hang out in there, like, whatever. Like, you, you have to be silent. And I'm like, when have I ever said anything? Like, I don't understand where anything is coming from. He, like, reluctantly let me do it. And it turned out that I went in the locker room, and especially with hockey players, like, they all call each other by a bunch of nicknames. And if you're not familiar with the team, especially with their accents and everything like that, like, you may not know who they're talking about. So I went in there, and sure enough, it was, you know, these guys were calling each other by their nicknames and all this other stuff. And, like, was like playing back the recording, it was like, if you didn't know that this dude was called, this had this nickname, which has nothing to do with his actual name, you would have not known who he was talking about. Mm-hmm. So it ended up being a good thing that I had gone in there because I was so familiar with that team um, versus somebody else. And so that was like the one time where I was like, that kind of hit me where I was like, oh, you don't trust me. Why don't you trust me? And it was for nothing more than I realized that I was a girl. Um, but other than that, I've had, like I said, I am so, so lucky to have worked with so many great people that have known from the get-go and been able to see from the get-go that, um, I'm in it for the right reasons. And that in itself is something that you do have to overcome as a woman, um, because nobody questions if a guy is in it for the right reasons. Um, and because of, you know, you're working around professional athletes and, you know, you're in locker rooms and you're in and out of that kind of stuff. And you do have access to these guys and some people can take advantage of it. And it's unfortunate, but um, I've found that movie quotes and a healthy dose of sarcasm, um, especially Seinfeld knowledge will get you in with just about everybody. <laughs> so you, you make, you make your friends, you, uh, you, you kind of shoot the shit. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I, you, I don't think you can. Can you, go, can you guys swear on this? I don't think you can swear on this. No, um, I'll have to mute. But clearly, I've uh, clearly I've developed a you know the mouth of a sailor. My mom hates it, um, but it also is just a way to you know make yourself one of the guys. So that's a big thing that I, I try to do um, because I'm in it for the same reasons that guys are. I love football. I love this game. I'm obsessed with it. Um, when I'm not working i'm studying i'm constantly trying to learn um anytime you know i develop these awesome relationships with all of these people our coaching staff our players and stuff like that and it i use it for you know being able to learn more about football like i'll i had guys you know that would put me up on the whiteboard and make me start drawing stuff and be like all right well he's like draw me you know a split split like let's let's put the defensive tackles split them and you know there's to the two three techniques so I'd have to like sit there and like draw and like, I'm like, I don't get it. And they would walk me through it. And it was so, like, that's what I love. I love like more, the more I know about this game, the more I realize I don't know. And it's really exciting to me. So um, there's definitely some, but there's definitely a proving point. I think I'm like getting long winded here, but there's definitely a point where you have to prove yourself. Whereas I don't think you have to as a, as a guy as much. Um, but once yeah. you do that, I think you, well, this industry is so small, so people kind of um, know that you're you know you have to prove yourself less and less the more places you go is what I found too. So that's good. 
Yeah. So uh, I actually remember um, the first time I got to speak in person with Scott. Uh, I don't know how new you were to the organization, but uh, mm-hmm. I noticed, I can't remember who was writing for the site uh, before you, you started um, writing for the team. And I just, I just remember I noticed that basically Scott was doing all the writing. And so, you know, we were, just, we were just talking. I said, you know, Oh, you know, I've noticed this and, and all this stuff. And he had mentioned uh, your name. Obviously we hadn't, hadn't ever talked before. And he mentioned that uh, you were coming on board to start writing and, uh, I was like, oh, you know, how's that going to go? He's like, oh, I, she seems like she's going to be great. I'm really excited. And I think that's going to be, uh, it's probably a good thing I don't remember the name because I would have said it and this that would make this very bad because he said it was going to be much better than the content that was on there before. Um, <laughs> and I agree with him. I mean, it's, it's, you, you've, you've done a fantastic job and you've been great there. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's cool. Thanks. I appreciate that. I think that, and to that point though, I think that there actually are a lot of, positive to being a girl in this industry. And I don't think that those get talked about enough um, because a lot of the content that I'm able to get is because of the relationships I build. And I think that building relationships, I mean, I'm not at all saying that men aren't good at it because obviously they're very good at it. And going to shrine practice today, it was like every guy knew each other and they're all coming up and saying hi and whatever. But I feel like just the demeanor of women, you know, it's easy to connect with us. You know, we're kind of, I'm, I, I'm at least pretty bubbly. Um, I, I think that I have kind of a, you know, an outgoing personality as it is that I'm, I'm kind of an open book too. So I feel like I'm pretty easy to get to know. Um, and it really helps in building relationships with people just in general. And so, and that's what gets me good content. So mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot to be said about, there's a lot of good things about being a girl in this industry. And it, it does, it sets you apart. If you really know what you're talking about, I mean, well, sometimes you get a second look because you're a girl. They're like, wait, she knows that. And it shouldn't be like that, but it is. And I think that we're moving towards it being like not so unexpected that a girl knows stuff about football <laughs> or about sports <laughs> in general. Um, but, you know, a lot of times it gets you noticed and that's what you need in this industry um, is to be noticed. Um, if you produce quality content, you know. Um, so there's, it, there's a lot of ways that they can work for you. And I think that people need to, you know, talk more about, you know, how empowering it is to be a woman in sports and, you know, gain that respect and be noticed. No, that's, that's, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, every, every downside has an upside if you find it. And, you know, like you said, if, if people Mm -hmm. underestimate you when they meet you and you show them that you can hang with anybody else, then it just, it just puts you that much more above the fold because they didn't expect you to be there in the first place. And so you can, Mm -hmm. you can make that disadvantage work to your advantage uh, if given the opportunity. So. Yeah, that's a great way of looking at it, I think. All right. Well, Carmen, usually when we would have you on, it would be for our final preview for the game. And we would ask you for your predictive offensive and defensive players of the game, your score prediction. Uh, We can't exactly do that. However, we'll round round this out with a real real short, simple question. Who's going to play in the Super Bowl? Oh God, <laughs> that's not a super simple question. But the good news is, I don't really think that we have a bad matchup between any of these. Like any combination of what could happen. Um, uh, I'm gonna disagree I don't with want, you there, but please. Well, I don't <laughs> want the Patriots in there. I really don't. Um, because I just uh, and I hate. I just I don't, I don't know if I have told you guys. Um, I finally decided 
that I hate New Orleans the most in our division. There it is. <laughs> I decided that I hate New Orleans. Like, and it happened when they came to to Raymond James. Um, and I was standing on the bench and not on the actual bench. It's just like the area. Um, I wasn't standing on our bench. But I'm standing there and like they're warming up and they're getting dangerously close to our bench. And I'm like, I've never seen a team do that in warmups where like their players were like, you know, warming up like that close to our bench. I'm like, yo, get on your side. Um, and I'm looking at them and I just, it hit me and I was like, I hate these guys the most. I don't <laughs> like them. So, now I decided that I hate the Saints the most. Um, so I, I would like to see the Rams. Um, as much as I don't want to see the Patriots, no, I mean, I want to see the Chiefs. But, like, it's just going to be another, like, Ram- like we've seen, we saw Rams Chiefs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm actually watching it like, right this moment. See, and, like, it's such a good game that, like, you can, like, keep reliving it. And I don't, I don't know if I want a, a part two because then I don't know if it's going to live up to part one. But, again, it's, like, the Super Bowl, so... Yeah, see, you said short, simple answer, and I I just went on for like three minutes. <laughs> um. So two of the four teams involved will be playing in the Super Bowl, is what you said. Yes, I I will say we'll say Rams Chiefs. All right. See, and and I I disagreed with with you in the fact that, and I I don't like the Patriots either. I respect the hell out of out of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and the success that they've had over nearly two decades yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disclaimer, disclaimer, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I don't want to see them in there. However, no. I am perfectly fine with the Patriots being in if it means that the Saints are not, because I do not want them to be the first team in the NFC South with two rigs. And back when we did our old podcast, when we used to do Walking the Plank, there was an episode, David, I don't know if you remember or not, where I called Sean Payton a couple of words that I can't use <laughs> on this podcast. And I flat yeah. out told him, I said, I'm not editing this out either. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> cannot stand Sean Payton. My dad and I actually had about a 20 minute conversation today about how much we do not like Sean Payton. So yeah, yeah. saints Patriots is a full blown nightmare. Um, but I would, okay. I would gladly trade uh, the chiefs getting in, you know, with with the Patriots going to yet another one, if it guarantees me that New Orleans stays out of it, that's not exactly how the AFC and NFC work. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. What well, what I mean was, you know, I would if somebody <laughs> no, I said the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl, but right the Saints won't. I'll take it a hundred mm-hmm. times out of a hundred. Yeah. No, I get it. I I, I yeah. get it, and I would I would probably concur. Definitely, like uh, NFC is like easy. Like definitely the Rams. Yeah, definitely the Rams. So um, it'll be a toss up between the Chiefs and the Patriots. I'm actually, I'm, I'm really interested to see that game because like it was so close in the regular season, but like mm-hmm. obviously regular season doesn't matter anymore. Um, so we'll see. And I mean, like both. I mean, Belichick is diabolical. I feel, like that's the best way I can describe like his game planning. Um, but Andy Reid is really really creative and like he's going to come up with something completely different you know and how it attacks them so um and then Patrick Mahomes is just so fun to watch he is but I don't know if you guys know it's going to be like five degrees 
that's all anybody can talk about. It's going to be like five degrees. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be the big storyline, but you know what? Uh, honestly, I mean, once it gets so cold, it doesn't get colder. Like the number might get lower, but it doesn't get colder. So not a difference between like five, five degrees and 10 degrees. No, there's no difference there. I mean, like from the last game that you've played in like 30 degree weather, there's going to be a difference between that. But at least it won't. And it wasn't even snowing. I was like, ah, I know. And it snowed before that, but it cleared up. So, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, like when it's that cold, like the ball's cold, the field is cold, your hands are cold, everything's cold. (laughs) (laughs) So I just, I I don't, and all those fans having to sit out there and, oh. That's, yeah, that's dedication. Yeah. So yeah, and they'll do it. You know that they'll do it for the AFC Championship. And then oh, you always yeah. have the five crazy fat guys with no shirts on. Oh yeah, I went to a um, the last, yeah. The, well, it wasn't the last Bears game. The last Bears game I went to was when we played them. But um, I went to a Monday night game against the Cowboys in 2014, and it was six degrees on the field at kickoff. Um, and I was out in like, I was on the club level, but I was like outside or I wasn't on the club level. My dad was with a vendor and I was with my friends just in normal seats. And my dad had club seats. He ended up having to come out and get me and like smuggle me a ticket so I could come into the club and warm up because I, and even like I had hand warmers like everywhere. I like, they were in like my, in my sleeves, like, by my back, like in my legs, like they were everywhere. And I still, it was brutal. And I had so many layers on and it, it doesn't matter when it's that cold. All right. Well, Carmen, thank you so much for coming back on the show. We really appreciate it. Always look forward to when you join us. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Uh, and of course, all of you can check out everything that Carmen is doing over at Buccaneers.com and make sure you're following her on Twitter at Carmi V. That's C-A-R-M-I-E letter V. Also, there's still time left. Make sure you head over to the pewtercastawards.com because our guest Carmen is nominated for Pewtercast Guest of the Year as well as Bucks Media Personality of the Year. Also, <laughs> this particular podcast nominated for Bucks Podcast of the Year. So make sure you go in and place your votes with our friends Brent and Ren over at the Pewtercast. You can check out everything that David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. We would like to thank each and every one of you for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks. Yeah.